Are you good at guessing what people want? This year, stop guessing and give them what they want. From burgers to video games to ripped jeans. They pick their gift from some of their favorite brands with a choice gift card from giftcards.com. It's genius. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It is another edition of the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Stanley Law Offices, Bruton Ace Hardware, and our great friends over at Liverpool Physical Therapy. For all of your rehab needs post-op, head on over to Liverpool Physical Therapy on uh, Old Liverpool Road. They do an unbelievable job. Pete and the gang crushing it. Liverpool Physical Therapy, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Syracuse Fitness Store, Axe Exotic Pets, and Heather Saxon of Hunt Real Estate. Go get her on Facebook. Buying and selling a home is just so time-consuming, so stressful. Heather can help you out. Heather at Hunt on Facebook. Heather Saxon, Hunt Real Estate, the official real estate agent of the NL Sports Platter. Let's dive deep and recap Week 8 in the NFL. And by the way, uh, at the back end of this, I'm going to give you a crossover Bills-Dolphins recap show that I did for Bills Brawl. Um, I want to... uh, uh, you know, spend obviously a little bit more time uh, on the Bills because that's a team that's not only near and dear to my heart, but uh, closest to me, closest for the coverage and all that. Um, so we will uh, we will play that at the back end of this. So therefore, I won't start with that game after the Thursday night recap uh, as we go way back to last Thursday and just an impressive win by Green Bay. I mean, they went into this game missing Smith and Smith and Alexander on defense, and they were missing Devontae Adams, and you know the beat goes on. Great franchises, they know how to win, and that's what happened here in this game. The Packer defense was also tenacious. They picked Kyler Murray off twice. They limited the big play with DeAndre Hopkins and company. The Green Bay Packers controlled the clock. Aaron Rodgers was a magician, even with numbers that don't blow you away. I thought this was one of the best games of Aaron Rodgers' career, 22-37 for 184 and two touchdowns. You're sitting there going, yeah, but it was only 184 yards. He only had two touchdowns. It was the way he did it. It was the way he shared the ball. It was the way he read plays. Tremendous job by Green Bay. And the story of the game for me is Rasul Douglas. I mean, here's a guy who was on the practice squad of the Cardinals just a few weeks ago and had been cut by the Texans. He'd been cut by the Raiders. Uh, practice squad guy for the Cardinals. I'm not going to get a chance. I'm not going to. And then all of a sudden, the Packers call him because they need help. And Rasul Douglas. Uh, takes advantage of an A.J. Green blunder in the corner of the end zone. Ball gets kind of tipped around. A.J. Green, at the end of the game, is not reading the play correctly, the throw correctly from Kyler Murray. And then, ba-boom, Douglas tip-tip catch and makes the interception game over 24-21 Green Bay. 
over Arizona. Both teams now 7-1, and one, but the Packers, to me, with this win and beating the Cardinals, you, know, you gain a game in the standings, and you gain the head-to-head, and the Buccaneers just lost to the Saints. To me right now, the Super Bowl in the NFC going through Green Bay. As of today, it's a week-to-week, day-to-day, you know, Sunday-to-Sunday league. Panthers over the Falcons on the road. My pick them. I did not know what to do here in this game. I thought it was an ultimate coin flip. Um, the Panthers needed this thing, and it just goes to show you, you know, how messed up the Falcons are as an organization. Uh, I just can't trust this team. Now they don't have Kelvin Ridley. He was out in this game, and, and he's out indefinitely because of his uh, you know, stepping away for mental health. I hope he is okay. I hope he gets better. I hope it works. Um, but the Falcons are just a dreadful team. You know, they're a dreadful team. They splash here and splash there with big plays. They've got major guys. And now at 3-4, and four, the Falcons are pretty much dead as far as hoping to make the postseason. And i, I got to be honest. I mean, I, I would have I, I traded some of these guys, uh, especially around the draft or leading up to the trade deadline. I would have traded a bunch of these guys and just overhauled and started over. Um you know, they already have a new GM. They have a new head coach. Arthur Smith right now really struggling as head coach. Uh, the Falcons are just a broken franchise. That's all there is to it. And uh, on the other side, you had Hubbard, just a phenomenal game for him on the ground for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Carolina needed that win from a mental standpoint. 19-13, they get it done. They are now 4-4. Four and four. Atlanta is 3-4. and four. 49ers at the Bears. Exciting run by Justin Fields. What an unbelievable uh, play he made. He stumbled after the snap and scrambled 22 yards for the, the, the incredible touchdown, but it was not enough. And, uh, you know, I, I give the 49ers credit. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was unbelievable in this game. 17 to 28 for 322 yards. Mitchell on the ground. Samuel was fantastic as well. Um, you know, I have Derrick Henry on my, on my fantasy team and he's out for the year. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but um, that's a, that's another one there where I'm sitting there going, man, maybe maybe the guy I need to pick up is Mitchell on this 49er team. Goodness gracious, you know, 137 yards. Uh, the offense starting to go through him a little bit, and they're still running a lot of those jet plays, jet motion, jet sweeps and the like. Um, just a, a, a really, uh, I think, uh, interesting time um, for the San Francisco 49ers based upon the fact that you do have, you do have um, – some time left here to salvage some things, salvage the season uh, in a really hard division. And uh, let's be honest right now, right? This 49er team, if they could just figure out what the hell they're doing at quarterback and if this computer would figure out to not play audio during my podcast, um, thank you very much. It was on pause. I guess when you scroll down the screen, things can just start playing, which is just super, super annoying if you have the volume up. But this is a crucial time. I mean, the 49ers, we know. I mean, they went into this season with a Super Bowl roster. But what about the quarterback? Is Jimmy G going to be healthy and productive? Trey Lance isn't ready. Um, you know, a lot of people just called for Lance to start right away. We've seen him go in there, get his feet wet a little bit. He's really, really raw. He really is. Um, you know, the 49ers have a serviceable offensive line. They've got major weapons in, in Debo Samuel, and they've got Elijah Mitchell running the ball really well right now. Uh, Ayuk can make plays. Sanu, Jun, uh, Sanu Sr. can make plays. Uh, you know, and I'll tell you, uh, they've got some monsters on defense. I mean, we know about Nick Bosa. We know about Fred Warner. You know, we know that they can take the football away. They can hit you in the mouth. 
it's a three and four football team. We're going to know a lot about a lot of these teams in the next few weeks with the way the schedule works out. When you look at the 49ers, they got Arizona and the Rams the next two games. And then they go to at Jacksonville. So I, I guess maybe the next two games we're going to know. Because if they lose the next two, I mean, they're, they're dead. They have to go at least one and one, and then they still got to make up ground on the back end. So the 49ers get a much-needed win against a really, really bad Bears team. Really, really bad Bears team. Uh, moving on here again, NFL Week 8 recap. Mike Lindsley with you. It's the ML Sports Platter brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State and Sit Means Sit Syracuse. Wasn't this just kind of like a culture win for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Browns? I mean, I, I didn't know who to pick in this game and the pick them. I mean, there's so many hard ones to go because I, I was back and forth and I don't like what I've seen out of the Steelers overall. I don't like what I've seen out of the Browns overall, the injuries, da-da-da. I mean, Baker was back, I know. But, um, you know, you, 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 you look at <laughs> these two teams and I said, oh, you know, Chubb's back too. Eh, they're home. Ah, we'll go with the home team, right? Like, I guess I guess maybe Cleveland can take care of business here. And um, we know they beat them in the playoffs last year. Um, but there's still always those games where these teams that are just overhyped and celebrated too early, they go up against a team that's been there so many times and they lose. And, and it just happens to be a rival in their own division. And the Steelers just played better physical football than Cleveland. And they made plays at the end. Unbelievable uh, plays made by Pittsburgh in this game, including a late touchdown. Roethlisberger was very, very good. He was very serviceable in this game. Najee Harris, he's going to be a hell of a player for this Pittsburgh Steeler team. Pittsburgh goes 4-3 and three now, 4-4 four and four for the Cleveland Browns. And if you're a Browns fan, you have to kind of start wondering, uh, are we on the outside looking in to a playoff berth, especially with New England and other teams in the fold. Uh, Eagles go and beat the Lions just 44-6. to This game just was not close. Uh, it was 17-0 uh, at the half, and then they piled it on. 21 points in the third, six more in the fourth. Um, it, it was just a really uh, average team beating the worst team in football. That's what that was. Uh, the Titans beat the Colts 34-31. Uh, devastating news that Derrick Henry has broken um, uh, his foot. He will be out for at least 8 to 10 weeks, but probably for the rest of the season. Uh, they could rush him back. He could try to rush back, whatever the case may be. Derrick Henry gone um, for the for, for a good chunk of time here. Again, best case scenario, he comes back in 8 to 10 weeks. Um, I don't know. I mean, his work ethic is, is amazing. Um, I think, you know, the Titans are still a very, very formidable team. I think they can still... Make a little bit of a run here. Um, I don't think that they're a Super Bowl team without Henry, however. Um, but now it's going to be, you know, big boy pants, you know, being put on times two. A.J. Brown, who had an unreal game. Ten catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, him and Tannehill are going to have to to really step up uh, their games. Um, what What is going to happen now with, um, you know, with this Tennessee running attack? Right, I mean, this you know they've got to have, um, they've got to have the next man up theory, I and mean, that's really all this is. You know, it's, I mean, they've got to have uh, Jeremy McNichols right now. I mean, I know they picked up Adrian Peterson, but Jeremy McNichols right now, I think, is going to get the boat boatload of the carries. Um, can they work in kind of like Dearness Johnson did for Cleveland? Right, uh, that next man up theory. Um, 
it, it worked pretty good, pretty good for the Browns when Nick Chubb was out. Uh, Dearness Johnson went nuts on that Thursday night game against Denver. Um, you know, and this was a huge loss for the Colts because let's flip it for a second. If the Colts had won, they'd be four and four. The Titans would be five and three. That's only one game separated. Split the regular season series. Now, the Colts are three and five, and they blew an early lead. They were a fourteen nothing early in this game, but again, it was very very early. And I know what a lot of people are going to say. Well, they had a double digit lead. They blew the lead. But fourteen points in the first quarter isn't a huge lead in the NFL. I mean, it's it's a two score game. Uh, you know, you score any amounts of points, get that momentum going, and then score again, and we have a brand new situation, right? So, uh, but if 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 the if the Colts had won, it would have been a much different look in the standings. Now, Tennessee six and two. They have uh, a few-game lead on the Colts, and they've won two in the regular season. That's a head-to-head job. There's, I mean, Tennessee is beyond the front-runner to win that division. The question becomes, can Tennessee hang on and keep stacking wins, to use Josh Allen's words? Can they continue to keep winning, 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 so that they have an opportunity you know, to get home field advantage? I don't know if they're a good enough team to do that. All right, let's rip through the rest of these games here quick. Jets beat the Bengals, one of the more impressive games of the season. Uh, the Jets get you know Mike White, who just was starring in this game. at had a 400-yard game. I know he threw two picks, but he had three TDs. And the Bengals just didn't execute. And this is just the latest, oh, that's cute. The Bengals are cute, right? They're a neat, fun, cute story. Yeah. Well, guess what? Put that on hold. I mean, they just they just obliterated the Ravens, and they beat the Steelers. They go into hostile ter- territory in the division, win a couple of big-time games, and then they lose to the Jets. I mean, really? So let's all hold the phones for the Bengals and the Chargers, right? Like, they haven't done anything yet. They haven't arrived yet. We're only halfway through a season. They've both stumbled terribly when they could have really grabbed the bull by the horns in their respective conference and division. Give me a break. Great job by the Jets, though, in this game. Carter was good on the ground, um, and the Jets go to 2-5, and five, Bengals to 5-3. and three. The Rams crushed the Texans. Uh, well, 16 points, probably not crushed. 38-22, to 22, again, just a game where uh, just a, a way better uh, football team against a team that uh, right now looks like a Division three team. Um and, and what, what else can you say? I mean, it's Stafford, it's Henderson, and it's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup right now is arguably the best wide receiver in football. He's finding space like crazy. He's become Stafford's way, way, way beyond number one. And he is a 1-1-1-1-1 throughout. Uh, Robert Woods had a decent game. He had a second touchdown um, that uh, sent the Rams to that uh, 38-0 lead. Um, he was all over the field. He's got great hands. Uh, I know the Bills have a really good team and, and a great crop of wide receivers, but, man, Robert Woods, I, I think, in, in the Bills' offense right now would look pretty darn good, too. He's, he's a heck of a player. Rams are 7-1, and one, Texans 1-7, one and seven, and the Rams stay pace with the Green Bay Packers. The Patriots beat the Chargers 27-24. I mean, what, what can you say about Bill Belichick? I, I think I heard the other day that uh, he hadn't lost to a rookie head coach since like 2009 or something like that. Um, and he, domin- he dominates rookie head coaches. He dominates rookie quarterbacks. 
and young quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's a young quarterback. This is year two for him, and the Patriots just were all over the field on defense uh, with Adrian Phillips making the pick six, which was, you know, a big moment for him. I mean, that's his former team. Uh, and, you know, again, the Patriot way, plug and play, stay focused, do your job. You know, they didn't play overwhelming football. They did what they had to do. And, oh, by the way, there was a reason why Sony Michelle got traded for a bag of peanuts. Look at Damian Harris, man. Every single game that guy plays, it seems like he gets into the end zone. Al Galore, good enough. Bourne, good enough. Myers, good enough. Henry, good enough. Uh, they just had a bunch of guys who caught balls here and there, and then they made the big play on defense. Their offensive line was outstanding all game. And, again, that is what the Patriots are going to do in 2021. If they're going to make the postseason, that's how they got to do it. Uh, Chargers four and three. All of a sudden, a different look now for for LA and the Patriots at four and four. It's a playoff. I picked them to make the playoffs. By the way, how about the Patriots this year on the road? They are unbeaten at three and zero. Oh. Seahawks beat the Jaguars thirty one to seven. Not a lot to talk about here. Just the Jaguars are a complete and utter mess. I can't believe they won one football game this year. Um, this is just a terrible football team. The O line is awful. They have no structure. Uh, there's just a lot of guessing in this in, in this organization right now. They can't get off the field on both sides on third down. Uh, they don't have any playmakers on defense. Uh, they can't cover anybody. They make too many mistakes. I mean, they're just it's a, it's a ridiculous clown show uh, with the Jaguars and the Seahawks behind Geno Smith get a win that they they needed big time because the season was online for Seattle. You can't lose that game at home against Jacksonville. Seattle takes care of business, 31-7. They moved to three and five. Jacksonville. To one and six, the Broncos seventeen ten. They beat the Washington Football Team. I tell you what, I'm so disappointed in the Washington Football Team. I picked them to win the division only because I couldn't trust Dallas, and I loved Washington's defensive line. Right now, you won't even know they had a defensive line. Uh, they have just fallen back so bad. Um, and Denver just in an ugly slugfest type game wins at seventeen to ten. And of course, just recently they trade Von Miller to the Rams. For a couple of picks, so the Rams are going for it. The Broncos still trying to find uh, who they are and what they're going to be. Uh, the Broncos four and four somehow. Washington is two and six. Saints beat the Buccaneers thirty-six to twenty-seven. Jameis Winston out for the year, hurt his uh, ACL, tore that, and a partially torn MCL. And uh, Trevor Simeon in. And um, you know this New Orleans team, plug play, great coaching, awesome playmakers. And, oh, by the way, you're going to start to get some people back. It's a dangerous football team, man. And if they can stay up and around that NFC lead, we know, like Green Bay, they're really, 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 really hard at home to beat. They are. Kamara, uh, 19 carries, 61 yards, and touchdown, but he was spectacular, you know, when he had to be. Um... You know, they're going to get Thomas back soon. Uh, their defense is getting better and healthier as the weeks go on. And they pick Tom Brady not once but twice in this game. Just a fantastic effort by the New Orleans Saints. Undermanned, they move now to a very impressive 5-2 and two on the season. Speaking of team, and Buccaneers dropped to 6-2. and two. Speaking of teams... Plugging and playing and, and 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 trying to do without their their big guns, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, whoa. Sunday night football, uh, they just made unbelievable plays. I mean, you know, Cooper Rush was great in this game. 
you couldn't really tell the difference between Cooper Rush and Kirk Cousins, could you? I mean, I, I you know, I couldn't. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins has played extremely great football uh, this year, and that's why the Vikings are even uh, where they are, even a game under 500. Uh, Delvin Cook continues to be wasted. Adam Thielen continues to be wasted. Justin Jefferson didn't do much in this game, two for 21. But it was more about Cooper Rush, and it was about, um, you know, the, the Cowboys didn't have a great ground attack in this game. They only had 78 yards total on 24 carries. They couldn't get things going. It was an air attack. I mean, Cooper Rush, he did throw the pick. But Amari Cooper, 8 for 122 in a touchdown, 6 for 112, um, you know, from from C.D. Lamb. Um, Cedric Wilson made crazy great catches the entire game. Um, and the defense continues to wreak havoc. Micah Parsons, I mean, I think Kyle Pitts was the best player coming out of the draft. But so far in the NFL this year, as far as impact, Micah Parsons is the best player. He's the best rookie. 11 total tackles, 10 were solo, one QB hit, four of those tackles were for a loss. Remarkable. Curse, Lewis, Brown, Wilson, Hamilton, Vandrush, they were all over in this football game, and that's obviously one of the big, big differences uh, for any team in the NFL right now. The Dallas Cowboys defense has been absolutely spectacular. Huge win for Dallas on the road, hostile environment, no Dak Prescott. They get it done, and I think that was a big win for Mike McCarthy too because that shows, hey, you know, I can I can fight adversity as well. I can game plan for another team without my star quarterback. Dallas, again, I still need to figure out this team. Uh, they're another team like Cleveland, and every year they're hyped up. Uh, people go nuts about them, and then something happens. They lose a couple of bad games, or they choke in the playoffs. Right now they appear to be really, really strong. But I want to see where we're at in three, four weeks. I want to see, you know, that week 10, week 11, week 12 area. What do are, what are the Cowboys look like now, right? What do they look like now? Uh, Dallas 6-1, and one, Minnesota now 3-4. and four. Chiefs beat the Giants 20-17. Tell you what, man, uh, the Chiefs, they love playing with fire, don't they? I mean, they really, really do. They, 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 they just do. I mean, I... You know, this team has been so gimmicky and full of gadgets, even you know during the two Super Bowl runs, winning one, losing one. I mean, the year they won, down double digits in the postseason to Houston. Same thing with the Titans. Same thing against the 49ers in the big game. Uh, you know, they played with fire quite a bit last year in, in some games. This year, they're a 4-4 four and four football team. They could easily, I don't even want to say they could be 6-2, and two, but they could easily be 2-6. and six. <laughs> You know? And they have just got to stop turning the ball over. I mean, that's really what this boils down to. Patrick Mahomes had one pick. He should have probably thrown three or four in this game. But they have got to stop turning the ball over. they got to stop throwing picks. they got to stop coughing it up. Um, that's really where the majority of this Chiefs blame is had. And i got to be honest with you. You know, this is the, the, eye, the eye test here over the next few weeks in the NFL I've always talked about it, 16-game schedule, now with 17, but four-game, 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 four-game. Every section of the season, it's kind of divided into its own part. The first part is the intro part, try to get an early start. The second four is you're starting to round into form. The third one is positioning, and we really learn about who you are. And then the fourth one is finalizing, you know, are you a really bad team that's losing out, tanking, except getting a draft pick? Um, are you a team that uh, is playing for something to build on for next year? Uh, have you had a couple of surprise players, but you're about a 500 team uh, and, and, and work in position battles in? 
Are you uh, going for home field advantage? Are you going to win your division uh, and, and maybe get, uh, you know, a, a, a better matchup uh, if you win week, you know, the last three weeks of the season? It's about finalizing who you are and your identity and, and your spot uh, moving forward in the future. Um, I just think that this Chiefs team, next three games, it's going to be yay or nay with this team. Right? I mean, they're 4-4 four and four right now. Green Bay at Vegas, Dallas at home. And that is, wow, that's a, that's a schedule. They host Denver after that. They should win. They host Vegas. I don't know. I don't know what that game will bring. At the Chargers, brutal game. Home for Pittsburgh, tough game, tough defense. At the Bengals, we won't know about the Bengals for a little while. I mean, January 2nd right now. I mean, with the with the way this league works week to week, I mean, my God, do we, <laughs> you know, we can't even get we can't guess anything on you know November whatever today is, uh, and then at Denver at the end of the year against a team that at that point should be mailing it in. So, I'm telling you, man, Kansas City the next few weeks they've got a major major test, uh, one two three straight weeks in a row. Uh, as far as my game ball goes, there's a lot of good options to give it to each and every week. But I am going to go straight to the Dallas Cowboys, and I am going to give it to one Cooper Rush. I just thought he was outstanding uh, in this game. I know he threw the pick, but he went 24 of 40 for 325 and two touchdowns, a game that, you know, look, it's tough being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. You star power and all the rest of Dak Prescott and the like. When you're a backup and you're in there, man, that is just as hard. The pressure is there, and... You know, you have a bad game and people are like, oh, man, I can't believe he's a backup for this team. You know, and the fan base starts chirping and all that. There's a reason backups are backups. You know, they're not Tom Brady. They're not Drew Brees. They're not Dak Prescott. They're not Lamar and Josh Allen and Mahomes and Justin Herbert. You know, they're not Peyton Manning. They're not Big Ben in his prime. But, you know, this Cowboy team... I thought they really showed a lot. They needed to win a game like this. They did it, and Cooper Rush was a big reason why. Yes, he had Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Cedric Wilson making great plays throughout the game, but I thought it was just an outstanding job by Rush to get in there and really learn the offense and uh, and give it a go. So my game ball to Cooper Rush of the Dallas Cowboys. Terrific stuff there. Okay, I've uh, covered all the games here on the recap for Week 8, by the way. Two teams had buys this week. Those two teams, the Raiders and the the uh, the Raiders and the Ravens, uh, be on the lookout for my NFL Week Nine preview later in the week here on the ML Sports Platter. Brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College of, of Syracuse, and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. One more game to recap, and I'm going to give you right now my crossover episode from Bills Brawl, recapping the Dolphins and Bills matchup. In Orchard Park. It was an ugly win for the Bills, but a win nonetheless. Before we do do that, though, this. When someone first comes in and you see that discouragement on their face, they've tried so many different products, but nothing seemed to work for them. I'm able to take that disappointment and that pain and turn it into hope. You're listening to Mallory, an art support specialist at the Goodfeet Store. And they try the art supports. It's a light-up moment. You see their face brighten up. They go from feeling discouraged to being happy and hopeful again. For over 25 years, the Good Feet Store and our art support specialist have been helping folks live the life they love without foot, knee, hip, or back pain getting in the way. 
That's why this job is so important. You're helping people, getting back into the activities that they've wanted to do for a long time, doing the things that they love to do with their Good Feet Arch supports. We're able to help them and take them from the pain to the possibilities, and I love it. The Good Feet store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lowe's Provember event is back. In celebration of pros, we're offering special values on top tools to get any job done right. Head into Lowe's and check out the largest selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories. Right now, you can get a guaranteed tough DeWalt 20-volt max bear tool free when you buy a DeWalt 20-volt max drill or impact driver kit. Shop in-store or order online. Lowe's, the new home for pros. Valid through 1-5 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. U.S. only. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. This is a podcast for the best fans in the NFL. Are you in the mafia? Am I in the what? It's time for a Bills Brawl podcast. Second down and seven. Kelly with the tie. Back with you, Bills Mafia. Bills Brawl is the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. This episode's going to be very straightforward. It's just a complete recap of the Bills-Dolphins game. Uh, that was pretty ugly this past Sunday, but you know what? They're not all pretty in this league. You know, first things first, right out of the get-go, two things happen to be just right out in front of you and obvious, right? Number one, The Bills just looked totally out of sorts and lethargic. Um, I don't know if that means too much beer and chicken wings over the break. Uh, You know, is it an overlooking of the Miami Dolphins? Perhaps that's the case. Uh, But for whatever reason, they came out just super, super lazy, lethargic, uh, unable to execute. You name it, the Bills were doing it in a negative way. And the other thing that was tremendous, and oh, by the way, Josh Allen on with Peyton and Eli, uh, you know, on the Monday Night Football broadcast, um, and, you know, talking about holding, holding a, you know, hosting a, a Halloween party, and, um, you know, and then they were talking about, you know, Peyton Manning and a bunch of people getting together and Josh Allen drinking all of his blue light, um, which was hilarious. But as far as, like, the off week goes, like, was Halloween parties, like, I mean, did they just kind of get out of it a little bit? And look, don't get me wrong, man. The NFL's a grind. It's super physical. Uh, you got to be focused every week, on and on. And, and I have no doubt that Allen and the crew is focused, but you do need a couple days to, to, to back away from pretty much anything in life. It doesn't matter what your field is. 
and um, and it's fine if you have you know a day or two like that. But um, if the majority of the week is like that, you, you know you can boy you can you can lose habits, good habits, really quickly, right? I mean, really, really quickly. So again, this was an ugly game, an ugly win, but they're not all pretty. Um, you know, they're not all going to be 40 to, to 10, you know, spectacular firework blowouts. Um, and in this game, it was 3-3 at the half. And you had to kind of wonder as this game was going on, you know, are the Bills going to lose this game? Really. And I think what changed the game was that typically the Dolphins like to play a lot of press man to man coverage, right? They lead the NFL or they, I don't know what the stat is now, but going into this game, they were leading the NFL in press man to man coverage, right? Savian Howard, Byron Jones, two tremendous cornerbacks, physical, uh, great hands, uh, check you at the line, don't give up the deep ball. I mean, they're very, very good. Very, very good. And all of a sudden, Miami started to screw around and play a little zone. And then they were kind of guessing. And I think them going into some of that zone really was a mistake because Cole Beasley then got involved. Now, there was one play where Cole Beasley, uh, it was a third down, I, I think, from the Bills' own 21-yard line. And they had a third and 14. And they were about to give the ball right back to Miami, tied at three. And Allen just threw a dart to Beasley. That play, and Beasley was quoted uh, to the media this way, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, normally wouldn't see man to man in that situation, um, or, or a zone, excuse me, may uh, man to man in that situation. Um, you know, especially the way they were playing, on and on and on, man to man to zone. You know, the switches and all the rest. Well, guess what? They threw some man to man in that on that third and long, and maybe that was Miami. You know, kind of saying, well, hey, we played some zone. Um, we're going to get you with this. Beasley uh, hurt him a little bit. Third and long, they'll be expecting zone, right? Because we got to take away the long pass, right? We got to take away 15 yards or longer. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go zone and trick them. Well, Beasley, uh, we'll go man and trick them, rather. And Beasley tricked them and uh, got free, got loose. Uh, when he catches the ball, too, he's very, very elusive. He's super small. He can kind of. He's kind of like a gadget player. He's a sneaky player. Uh, He is really, really good with possession and advancement. Um, And that was a huge play, and the Bills take it down, and they win um, all the battles, third down conversions and the like, the best drive of the day. 13 plays, 80 yards, 7.06. Gabe Davis caps it off with an 8-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen, which actually was a very, very nice play by Josh Allen. He was getting pressured. Um, you know, his helmet was 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 touched and grabbed, and all the rest. And uh, he was able to throw it to uh, to Gabe Davis. The Bills then come back in the fourth quarter. Um, started to, I think, feel pretty good uh, at this point. If you're a Bills fan, you know sometimes it's just that first score. Get that first score, and then the snowballing effect happens with a really really good team against a really really bad team, an elite quarterback against a guy who can't right now figure it out in Tua. And Stephon Diggs, I mean, again, and Beasley was coming up big on this drive, too. You know, another third down, huge third down conversion. Uh, nine plays, 69 yards, and uh, Josh Allen spots Diggs across the middle for a 19-yard pass to make it 17-3. That was with 13-23 left in the fourth quarter, and you're like, okay, I feel pretty good. 
And all of a sudden, Miami, right? Like, they start coming around a little bit. 17-11 to 11 after the uh, touchdown and, and then the two-point conversion to Gusecki. Um, it's an eight-point game, and you're kind of going, oh, boy, I don't know. And then the Bills get a field goal, and it's 20-11. to 11. Now it's a two-possession game with under four minutes. Okay. And then to seal the deal, uh, Miami throws the pick, Jordan Poyer gets it, and uh, you know the Bills take it in for a touchdown and win 26-11. to 11. The Bills, I thought, their adjustment to the zone coverage um, that Miami, you know, started throwing their way, I thought was pretty good. I, you know, they really started picking that apart, and because they picked that apart, a lot of the man defense that Miami started to go back to, which is their, you know, that's where their bread is buttered. Uh, you know, they were they were kind of playing guesswork more than the Bills were. They didn't know what defense they wanted to be in because Cole Beasley was changing it up. Dable and Allen were finding some people. The Bills were starting to move the football. They had a couple of scoring drives. That, to me, seemed like a huge part of this game. You know, look, the Dolphins are just no good. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. I think they have some very nice players. I think Miles Gaskin's a talented player, but he doesn't overwhelm you. I think Mike Kosecki's solid, but he doesn't overwhelm you. Uh, Devontae Parker was shredding the Bills' defense. He had eight catches for 85 yards. He's really, really good, but I don't think he's a number one. You know, I think Devontae Parker's probably like a 1A or a 2, but on this roster he has to be a 1 You know, until maybe even Jalen Waddell can, can eclipse him. They also have obvious issues with the offensive line and an obvious issue at quarterback. I mean, this is a team, you know, if the quarterback is better, and we've seen the Russell Wilsons, and look at Aaron Rodgers, what he did, you know, against Arizona, you know, with a depleted unit, um, you know, when I look at it like this with with Tua, gosh, if you had an elite quarterback there, right, how much better are Gaskin, Waddle, Parker, Gasecki? Probably at least a little bit better, right? Because elite quarterbacks can take no-name players and turn them into Pro Bowl players. Or take you know, first-round picks who are really solid at becoming one of the top five to ten, you know, players at their position, see Dion Branch with Tom Brady in New England. Um, it, it just, it, it's one of those things where a lot of the things, like the dots are all connected with Miami. You know, uh, they couldn't get off the field in the second half on third down. That hurt them. They had the Bills pinned a couple of times. Couldn't stop them. That hurt them. Uh, defense had to stay out there longer. The offense should you know, be able to convert against Miami's defense more times than not. But again, physical corners, toughness. Um, but the Miami pass rush leaves a lot to be desired. Um, they, they really need, uh, you know, a lot of breaks uh, to go their way. Uh, luckily for them, their two corners, you know, when they're left on an island a lot, they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty darn, they're pretty darn, uh, pretty darn good, right? Um, as far as the box score goes quick, Josh Allen, I thought, Played like a B minus game and still was 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 rock solid. Um, you know he went for eight carries and fifty five yards and a touchdown and two hundred forty nine yards through the air on forty two attempts with twenty nine completions and two touchdowns. I mean Allen played a B minus, could almost stretch it to a C football game. Uh, he was super erratic in the beginning. I don't know what was going on with Allen um, in terms of 
you know, he was just kind of sporting a lot of attitude and he was whining a lot. Uh, he was bitching at his teammates on the sideline. And I thought that all that was just not how Allen is normally. So, you know, you have to wonder, did something happen in the beginning of the game? You know, did he get into an altercation with a Dolphin that we don't know about? Nothing was reported after the game, so I don't really know what was going on with that. But uh, it just didn't seem like Allen, and, and he was just out of sorts. I mean, he missed Diggs. Diggs was wide open on that first drive. I think it was a third down play, and it was maybe third and eight or so, and Allen had kind of scrambled out of the pocket. And he all he had to do was just flip it just really light and easy to Diggs. He overthrew him by like three and a half, four feet. Like, I mean, if he just makes I – mean, that's a routine – on the run like backyard football toss to somebody. If he throws that ball to Diggs, and Diggs had daylight, and I think he had a blocker too, that would have been a huge gain if not to the house. Uh, little things like that. Allen was missing like crazy. He should have thrown about two, three picks in the first half. Um, luckily for him, you know, they kind of dropped in, in areas, and the secondary uh, wasn't able to, to, to uh, convert. But, you know, overall, uh, Allen with uh, 51, let's see, 51, 304, 304 total yards of offense and three scores. Playing a B-minus almost stretched to a C game. You still take those numbers, don't you, from your franchise quarterback. Devin Singletary, seven carries for 28 yards, and Zach Moss, eight carries for 19 yards. Not a ton from those two guys uh, in this game. And, and the Bills, you know, they ran it 15 times with those two, and it just seemed like when they were trying to run the football, it was really forced. And I was just done with it. I was tired of it. Uh, Receiving-wise, 10 carries for 110 yards. Uh, 10, 10 receptions, rather, for 110 yards for Cole Beasley. Uh, Diggs went for 540 and a touchdown. Zach Moss, 6-39. and 39. Tommy Sweeney, 3 for 30. Gabe Davis, 4 for 29 and the touchdown. Singletary, 1-1, one and, one, and that was pretty much it. Great job by the Buffalo defense pretty much all game long. Um, the two superstars of this game, I thought, um, actually, three superstars. I got to put Jordan Poyer in there uh, as well. Uh, you know, if this were hockey and I had to do three stars of the game, I'd probably go number one, Cole Beasley, number two, Ed Oliver, and number three, Jordan Poyer. Poyer had 10 tackles, 10 of them all solo, and he did have that interception at the end to seal the deal, and the Bills went in uh, for the score. You know, and then you look at Tremaine Edmonds. He was really good too. Milano, Johnson, Wallace, Hyde. You know, I, I mentioned Ed Oliver. He only had two total tackles, and one was solo, but he should have had his first sack of the year, but Jerry Hughes got nailed on and offsides. He had multiple quarterback hits, and he was all over the run game of the Miami Dolphins. I thought Ed Oliver was great, and let's be honest. I know Sal Marana and a lot of people have talked about this, and I agree with them in that Ed Oliver, as a top-10 pick, uh, has not come to fruition for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it's very rare that Brandon Bean has missed on some players, but clearly he missed so far on Ed Oliver. Now, maybe this is a coming out party. Maybe it's not. You know, how much of it has to do with the just absolutely atrocious Miami Dolphins offensive line? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. They play two more horrendous offensive lines in the coming weeks, and the Jaguars and the Jets, the Bills, need to win those games by double digits. Um You know, and the Bills played probably a C football game against Miami and still won by 15. But again, it was ugly for a good portion of the game up until the third quarter when they were able to get those back-to-back long drives and touchdowns to kind of give Bills Mafia a sense of relief until Miami hung around just a little bit. But even when the game was ugly and it was close and it was 3-3 at the half, I I was worried for sure 
Because I was like, they can't lose this game, right? I mean, this just is impossible. But I also knew that something would happen because of the opponent. And that's the difference. When you suck and your opponent sucks worse, you can pull it out. If the Bills were playing a quality opponent, they would have gotten smoked. You know, because the Bills didn't have it. It was an off day and all the rest, and ba-boom. I mean, look at week one against the Steelers with all those eggs into that one basket, all the hype, all the expectations, all the things we always talk about. Bills laid a laid neck, right? And they laid a neck against Miami. They got it going a little bit offensively. They adjusted. They were the better team. But, like, when it was really, really bad, you just kind of sat there and said, I mean, I think the Bills will score a little bit, and it'll keep being close, but Miami will end up screwing up eventually. And they did, you know, multiple times. Um, the officiating was horrible in this game. The Bills have got to clean up their penalties. And by the way, I, I had mentioned misses by Brandon Bean. I mean, Cody Ford, I don't know what the heck that guy is all about now for the Bills. I mean, is he is he basically a bust at this point? Um, you know, Spencer Brown was out, so they had to move Daryl Williams uh, out to the outside. John Feliciano goes from left guard to right guard. They insert Ike Bucker uh, in there um, next to Dawkins on the left side. So, uh, there, there's just a lot there to unpack as far as Cody Ford's future uh, with the Buffalo Bills. I, I thought in training camp and in the early part of the season, I thought the Bills really could have uh, done themselves a favor. And I don't know how much of this, you know, behavior by the front office has to do with us asking the question of, hey, is Cody Ford here to stay or not? Like, they should have given him more consistent reps, I think. You know, he should have gotten in there more to be able to, to um, you know, to get to get his feet wet, to, to see what you have there. Um, you know, I don't know what Cody Ford, I, I, I'm still in between on him because, man, you know, here's a guy who Brandon Bean traded, and so far he's been a miss. But Brandon Bean traded up to get this guy a couple drafts ago, right? I mean, he traded up. And Cody Ford's a house. Cody Ford was one of the best offensive linemen in America. He played for Oklahoma. He played for Lincoln Riley. He played in a system that's produced multiple Heisman Trophy winners. You know, they've produced Kyler Murray. They've produced Baker Mayfield. You know, they, they've produced monster Heisman Trophy caliber quarterbacks, great offensive line, unbelievable system. And Cody Ford, you know, you got to be really you, – you're playing that fast and you're scoring 50, 60 points a game. The offensive line has got to be on point all the time because you're always on the field. You get the ball, you score. You get it again, you score. You take it down and score. You get it again and score. You know, they don't play a lot of defense in the Big 12, but even so, with the offensive line, you know, you're moving at a big-time pace. you got to be on your game. And Cody Ford was great in college. And I just don't know what his future looks like now, um, you know, for the for the Buffalo Bills. Um, especially with, you know, some of these other pieces the Bills maybe want to work in. Bucker, hey, is he our guy now of the future? Um, and let's also call it what it is. I mean, this offensive line has not been good. I mean, it really hasn't been. Um, you know, I... I think that they have a ton of work. I think that they're probably the weakest unit on the team at this particular point. I mean, I don't think you can take, for as much as you can complain about the pass rush not being consistent enough, you know, the Bills, um, 
the, the, the Bills' rush has been good enough in, in a lot of games, especially against inferior opponents. They had that big stretch there where they were just completely and utterly embarrassing opponents, uh, and they got to Patty Mahomes when they needed to and all the rest. So the pass rush, you can't say, is the worst. Certainly the offense at any position is not the worst. Wide receiver group, blah, 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 quarterback, running backs, they're not overwhelming. They're not underwhelming. They're kind of in the middle but they're not the worst unit, right? The, deep, the, the, the secondary is probably the strength, other than Levi Wallace, uh, even though I had a couple of decent moments. I, he got burned a couple times early um, and then kind of cleaned up his act a little bit. But you've got Trey White, Jordan Poyer, you know, and, and Micah Hyde back there. I mean, that secondary is a strength, if anything. Uh, if they had another shutdown corner, for God's sakes, the Bills might have uh, undoubtedly the best secondary in the National Football League. Linebackers, no way you can say that's a weak link. I, 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 special teams, I mean, look, Isaiah McKenzie right now is struggling. I don't know what the heck he was thinking. They got a major break on that touchback, I and mean, that was an unbelievably stupid play uh, by you know by McKenzie. And uh, I think when you when you look at uh, uh, McKenzie, he's got to clean up quite a bit. I, I, you know, he's he just doesn't look as strong as he did at the back end of last year actually against the Dolphins when he went off. Since that point, he's been pretty shaky. Um, you know, I still trust him. I still think he's the guy. Um, is he pushing? Is he pressing? He might be. He goes on with Tyler Dunn. He's really hilarious on that go-long uh, Isaiah McKenzie show. If you get a chance to listen to Tyler, go ahead and uh, download and subscribe to, to Go Long. It's just a, a phenomenal podcast, and his content at golongtd.com is amazing. And Tyler comes on with me often. Um, but, but, like, McKenzie is a guy who tells it like it is, he's funny, and he does a couple of jokes talking about, hey, well, you know, I never get the ball, and he acts like he's joking around, but you can kind of tell that he means it. Like, I don't get the ball that much, and I don't make a lot of money. And I think that might be getting to McKenzie. You know, so is that a situation where he is pressing because of that? I don't know. Um, neither here nor there. You know what you do if you're if you're the Bills, you you take this game. I won't even bother with the tape. Uh, it was an ugly game. You're gonna have ugly games like this. You won. You're five and two overall. You're three and one at home. Uh, you're still in fine shape in the AFC with a lot of football left to play. Um, you know, go out and win the next uh, three at least. Right. Uh, all of a sudden, the Colts, a team that should have beaten the Titans, right. Um, this past week, and Derrick Henry went down and all the rest. It could have been a two-game swing for the Colts. Instead, it's another swing the other way in favor of the Titans. And, you know, now the Colts are way, way back. But they are still a better, more competitive team. But Carson Wentz makes a lot of mistakes, and that defense you can shred with an offense like Buffalo. Uh, to me, you know, the Colts are a little bit more of a formidable op- opponent than we thought you know, just a couple of weeks ago. But look at what the Bills have coming up. They've got Jacksonville. At the Jets, home for the Colts, an erratic team, especially a quarterback. And they go at New Orleans on Thanksgiving night with who knows who at quarterback, with Jameis Winston being out for the year. I mean, is it Trevor Simeon still at that point? I don't know. Then they got the Patriots at home on Monday night football with a couple of extra days to prepare. You know what? I'm looking at this right now at five, five straight games. Bills need to win all of them. That's what I'm looking at right now. Go win the next five, you'll be 10-2. and two. And I think at that particular point, still waiting, the Bengals just lost to the Jets, 
you know, the Patriots beat the Chargers. The Chiefs are still kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. Titans just lost Derrick Henry. Go out and win these games. Get home field advantage. And then the back end of the schedule is, 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 is it should be a cakewalk as well. I mean, they play Tampa Bay that, you know, Tampa will be favored in that game. Well, maybe. I mean, you know, Tampa just got their doors blown off by New Orleans again. But that'll be close. It'll probably be like a three-point line. Then you got Carolina, New England, Atlanta, New York, Jets again. So for my money right now, the Bills should not lose more than one more at the most two more games unless they really, really slip up. Now, look, they almost slipped up against Miami. It's the NFL, any given Sunday, blah, blah, blah. But good teams find a way to win. And the Bills are a good team. The Giants are a horrific team. They found a way to lose on Monday Night Football to the Chiefs. And they had that game right in their right in their lap. Worst case scenario, if you lose two the rest of the way, and you go seven and two, um, I'm sorry, seven games, we got what, uh, nine? We have ten more games to go. Uh, if you go eight and two, you are 13 and four, uh, which might just get it done. But I got to tell you, if, if you go nine and one and you're 14 and three, I think that seals the deal for home field for the Buffalo Bills. Because I, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of teams that come back a little bit. Uh, a lot of teams, we don't know if they're ready in terms of arriving and all that. So uh, pretty, um, pretty, pretty great place to be right now if you're a Bills fan. And that's with the game against Tennessee in which Allen slipped where the Bills really had a chance to win that football game. Mike Lindsley with you here. It is the Bills Brawl Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.
University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.